Hello and welcome back to another podcast from The War Room. Uh, we have most of the entire team here. Ryan is off doing his traveling, hiking thing that he does, but we have a whole lot more people today. Uh, I am Colin, as is very often the case, and I have with me most of the usual crew. Uh, Chris. Nojan. Steve. Shama. Jeff. Terry. Brent. And Heath. What you may have noticed there is that there's a couple of new names in that group. So one of the awesome things about this week is that we have some new TMEs joining us. So very briefly, can you folks give me your name and a couple sentences about you know what you were here to help us with and what you joined for? My name is Shama Detar, and I have a healthcare background, and that's the reason I've joined Extra Help. Outstanding. Um, Jeff, I came from the wireless field. I worked for several companies in the wireless field, so uh, that's where my expertise is, and that's why you guys brought me on board. Sweet. So Sweet. And uh, I'm Heath. I'm a super nerd and a jack of all trades, and super happy to be here. Super nerd. We like super nerds. Fantastic. So the war room is getting more and more crowded for these podcasts, which is generally a good thing. But if you hear some new voices, that's why. And if you hear me croaking and groaning, it's because I'm still turning over a stinking cough. Uh, okay, so today we are here for an awesome podcast, we hope. We are finishing out the series we've been doing. We did the four sources of data. We started out with uh, synthetic, we've done agent, we've done machine, and now we are on to wire data. Near and dear to many of our hearts, a lot of what ExtraHop does, obviously, is wire data. So I will, as always, point randomly to somebody around the room, uh, not at all predisposed or discussed, even though it was completely pre-discussed, uh, who will describe what Don't worry, I got is. this one, Colin. Thanks. <laughs> so, wire data, it's, it's a source of data that a lot of people don't realize they have. So, the, all their systems are talking on a network, and you can uh, passively observe what all that traffic represents and reassemble it and parse out who's talking to who and how long it took and look at the payload and see what's going on. And then when that all comes together and you combine that, we call it wire data. Nice. So that's an awesome overview. One of the things that's interesting to me, diving right into kind of the, not really pros and cons, but differences. What are some of the things that are unique about wire data compared to some of the other data sources. Anybody want to chime in with that? So one I think is the universality of wired data. Universality? Um, is that a word? A word. Totally. Okay, it's, it's a word, a word now. now. It's a word it's now, a word. Yeah. sure. <laughs> um, in that we have all of these standard protocols and they're standard because we need all of these different systems that are each unique to talk to each other, right? I think HTTP is probably the most common and familiar example for everyone. Um, well, I don't, as an end user, want to care how you've actually built your web application. Sure. So we've standardized some protocol. Well, that means that in terms of mining that as a source of data, um, we know what to expect. We know the form it's going to take. We know its structure. Yes, the internals of what's sent, be it HTML or JSON or XML or whatever, might change but the actual wrappings themselves are going to be standard. The same goes for TCP, the same goes for IP. Uh, it, that's the whole point of the OSI model. Okay, so you're saying that it's easy to consume information from different sources without having to do any extra instrumentation, installation, configuration, right. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's things universal. are standardized. Yeah, right. exactly. Because of the universality of it all. There you go. <laughs> yeah. right. And uh, I'll uh, maybe as a counterpoint to that, say compare that to uh, looking at log files or looking using an agent. Well, looking at a log file is totally dependent upon 
what the system is. Sure. Right? So each system is going to have different information. If its verbosity is set at a different level, mm -hmm. um, it's going to change. So this is actually the way that you as an outsider can independently examine what a system is doing. Yeah, and by system, I mean, I think myself certainly, but I think a lot of folks when they hear system, they think like server, right? But by system, I think you mean like any discrete system that you're trying to monitor, which could be a service, could be a process, could be a lot of different things, because each of those mm -hmm. things log individually in different formats, in different locations, in different, I mean, the syntax is different, the parsing of those things is different. The, it's a huge amount of effort to go through and instrument all of those things across multiple applications and tiers and servers and all that kind of stuff, yeah. right? Having a universal point where you can collect all that is interesting. You're not going to let that go. Not at <laughs> No, not a chance. Uh, okay, so I think one of the things that we hear is, you know, people hear the term wired data and they're looking for an explanation, they don't quite grok it right away. But this stuff isn't like it's new. I mean, people do this all the time. What are some of the ways that people already interact and consume, interact with and consume data off the wire? People are already doing this. Well, right? yeah, actually, Shama and I were talking about this earlier, and the initial thing when you hear wire data, it's easy to go to something like a Wireshark or a yeah. TCP dump. Absolutely. But uh, the model is obviously different for what we do. Right. But I guess my point is, people hear that we use wire data and they go, oh gosh, what's that? Well, what do you mean, what's that? It's, it's the thing that you're using already. Yeah. If you're doing TCP dumps, if you've ever opened Wireshark, if you've ever torn through packets that way, that's that's wire data, right? It's not like a new concept that we came up with. It's a term that we use that some folks may not have heard to describe that, perhaps. But this is stuff that people use in their day job, day in and day out, to get to the core of what's going on in the transaction, right? Yeah. Not even the tools, but wire data, everybody has wire data, right? Like you may be at home, and they don't understand that they have this information that's there, right? Rarely, though, maybe they don't have yeah, access to it. Yeah, at home? Or seen it. Or, yeah, are, yeah, you, are you doing a lot of logging at your home? <laughs> not yet. But, What's the idea of your syslog cluster kid, at home, right? Like, older, but, installing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Red wind. I don't have a cluster. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm making fun of syslog clusters, and Brent's like, oh, crap. Oh, no. I'm that guy. <laughs> Synology but, actually has an app. Yeah, thanks. Like That's helpful. Moving on. Um, <laughs> so, but, your but point, it's not just the you know it's not just the TCP dumps and the the Wireshark, but it's it's pervasive. It's out there. It's everywhere, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh, what I really like about the concept is you can't hide on the wire. And it you is make, truth. Yeah. Yeah, it's the source of truth in a lot of ways because it doesn't take configuration. Is what you were saying, Chris? Like you may forget to log something, mm -hmm. or you're the developer forgot to log. But mm -hmm. if it's on the wire, it's on the wire. It, if a there. thing happened, it is by definition well, wire data, right? As far as did they forget to put it in there? They could also have it log the wrong thing. Like yeah. the log could be a lie. It doesn't mean that actually happened. It means something told you it happened. If yeah. it happened on the network and you capture those packets, it, it really happened. There's no debating it. Yeah, that's a good because point. Because of that, I think it's uh, that's a strong differentiator between some of the other sources is the lack of overhead, right? This right. traffic is just flowing over yeah. the wire. We aren't having to, you know, do queries or inject something more onto the network or having to take, you know, computing resources from any of the devices yeah. out there. It can be straight passive. Yeah. At, at the same time, how do you know which is noise and which is relevant? Because you have so much data there. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, this is an interesting thing. And I think <laughs> that's one of the things that I think wire data as a monitoring source has going for it, actually. I guess you can see the argument two ways. There's a ton of noise in so much as there's probably a huge amount of data that you don't necessarily care about because you're looking for a specific thing and you're trying to find the needle in the second needles and that whole bit. 
but at the same time, it's not generating any extra noise, right? A lot of these things of the synthetic stuff, even some of the, you know, you're, you're doing syslog off box, it's generating more traffic elsewhere, it's creating more noise to sift through. Um, there isn't with wired. We're not generating anything, we're just looking at what's already there. So the chances of being able to find things that are relevant, I think, are pretty high. Although, I think to your point, it does take some knowledge of knowing what you're looking for, right? And yeah. so I would actually talk about, historically, I think one of the challenges in, of wire data and why it has been uh, harder to use because of that noise, well, how do you filter down? It's getting really good at Wireshark filtering oh yeah. or TCP dump filtering. Yeah. Um, and to be perfectly honest, people aren't necessarily good at that. Well, and, and it's not doesn't scale the same way, right? It's not exactly. Even, even the people that are very good at it can't be as efficient as a platform that's built for it. And you exactly. may not even know what you're looking for. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, and that's a sure. excellent point yeah. too. You run into, I mean, we talk about the sampling problems all the time, where if you are looking for one specific transaction that produces a 500 error, mm -hmm. well, you better hope that it happened in the five second, one minute yeah, chunk of time yeah. you're taking a PCAP for. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you have well, and, and that you did the trace at the right yes. place. Mm -hmm. I mean that's I've mm -hmm. very been very good at writing lots of very complicated TCP dumps. My problem usually is that I don't have enough data. Right. You write and you go, ah, I don't have the other half of this conversation because it was on yep. the server mm -hmm. Now you need to go somewhere else, get another... I got on the wrong VLAN before the load balancer, <coughs> I need to yeah. that after there's... Yeah. Well, and that yep. could be the noise that we're talking about, right? The problem could lie in the noise, and if we aren't watching that, then that's a problem. So I think you need an intelligent platform that's able to kind of break that down to what we're actually looking at. You know, because yeah. Wireshark, yeah, it is kind of just a conglomerate of a bunch of stuff that's really hard to, to comprehend. Well, and it's I, I forget which one of these episodes we talked about it, and I'm pretty sure it was Chris that used the analogy that I loved first, but it's the whole microscope versus telescope, that whole mm -hmm. thing, right? Like, mm -hmm. if you're talking about Wireshark, like, we're down to the electron microscope kind of, like, Wireshark is yeah. an amazing tool. I want to be very clear that I don't think oh, yeah. any of us here are bashing that kind of analysis. Super, yeah, right, Brent. Super, <laughs> super valuable. But you're not going to open up an 18 gig PCAP yeah, and start right. trying to wire shark through it. Yeah. If you do, you'll be gargling on a shotgun pretty soon. It's still opening, actually. Since 1997, trying to open it, it's yeah. been just churning, right? Yeah. Um, it's just not what it's for, and it's not reasonable. And there's no way that even if you could open it, if you had the Gibson to use, right, and it actually opened the 18 gig PCAP, good luck finding anything of value in there because you're going to try and dig through it till your eyes bleed. Whereas, to your point, a platform is able to give you that data that bubbles up to the surface, makes things visible, can show, can kind of help guide you to things that are useful. And frankly, even if it's not, even if it's not intentionally guiding you, uh, the way that it displays the information and allows you to correlate different things, you might stumble across things that, like you were saying, Shama, you might not have known what you were looking for to start mm -hmm. with, but since you can see things in a yeah. way that makes it It's kind of like our Citrix use cases, right? I mean, if you're looking for a Citrix problem, you're going to filter out for ICA. But yep. what if it's not a Citrix, then what? you know, something within that protocol, you've missed that noise on the back end that you mm -hmm. weren't looking for. So does that mean you look at all seven layers of OSI to figure, you know, I mean, how do you... I, that's my... Yeah, that's a good question. So that's a, a, an excellent question. Um, and I think, actually, uh, what we've seen uh, in historic, historically with the different tools of Wireshark TCU Dump is it's typically uh, 
L2 to the L4, mm -hmm. uh, and that's kind of the domain of wired data. It's your network teams who are looking at this. Well, I mean, as a developer building out small applications, I've actually found it incredibly useful using TCP DOM for Wireshark, actually looking for the actual transaction to a backend database or what web requests are going in, right? But it's not a tool that they're familiar with, and I think, like Colin mentioned, it's hard to use at L7. Well, I think, I think to your point, not familiar with is absolutely right. People hear wired data, they hear TCP dump, they, they start running for the hills, especially if they're not a networking person. I think these terms and tools and technologies are very much thought of as part of the networking realm, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, if I want to know about my network health, if I want to know if I'm dropping packets, if I want to know about congestion, if I want to know about some of those network-driven details, then that's what you go to. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, the data that's on the wire can tell you immeasurable amounts about the application, about layer seven, about what's happening, about communication between DMZs and continents and all kinds of things that aren't at all quote unquote networking related, right? It's not network health, it's application health, usage, performance, all of this stuff. Yeah, right? the, the, the problem is exhibiting at network tier. Um, so from a troubleshooting perspective, I would say it is the OSI model. I think we're it's just a good way of looking at the world. You're you're looking at you know every tier talking to every other tier from physical all the way up to app as a great way to approach it. But I also think it's part of our job is to make that network exhibited behavior understandable in English. Yep. Mm -hmm. So when you see a zero window and you go, uh, what does that mean? Yeah, to me? and it's actually it's your app telling the network, don't send any so more data, mean, please yeah. stop. So, because I can't handle it, and then what does that mean? So, um, I think we've made something possible with wire data that wasn't as easily exposable before. Consumable, right? I mean, that's that's really the bottom line. It's what, like a business analyst could pick up and and figure right. something else, right? Yeah. Well, and then that's really the thing, right? Yeah. You had network engineers with wire shark, mm -hmm. yep, and going, oh, okay, well. What do I care about zero windows from a server? I'm looking for, you know, drop packets. Whereas zero windows from an app server could be really critical. That's an interesting yeah. point. I think there's a lot of value in that sentiment. Let me try and rephrase that a little bit so my head can get around it. What you're saying, and I think I totally agree, is there has always been high value in the network information, but it was usually only available to those that could understand the yes. network behaviors. Right. Yep. Now we're allowing, ideally, with this kind of a platform, people that don't have access to that kind of network understanding the value that is in the network information. Exactly. Is that yes. accurate? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think we've kind of circled around this for this entire conversation, but I wanted to be very explicit in why extra hop. Um, so we keep mentioning having a platform that exposes all of, the, all of these things for you. Um, the thing that XTROP does better than anyone else at scale, better than Wireshark, is, like you mentioned, it's looking L2 to L7. It's that full decapsulation across the OSI stack. But then at L7, it's extracting the metrics that you actually care about. It's not forcing you to go and pull out the HTTP status code or the SQL error or whatever. It's not forcing you to actually know how to write a filter in Wireshark. So is this typically done with triggers? Is that how? So actually most of that is out of the box. That's okay. Triggers really, their primary power comes when you actually get into 
the application itself. And to be clear, let's back up. Triggers, for those that might not be aware just yet, Triggers is uh, the name that we've given to our on-box programming language, well, programming facility, it's an API, right? Yeah. But it's JavaScript driven, you can write code that then gets instrumented on the box that affects things in real time, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what yeah. Triggers are. Yes, absolutely. It lets you do on-the-fly metric creation, uh, it lets Alerting, you launch yeah. data in a Parsing of protocols yep. that are not parsed out. Without of using it, though, there are many, like thousands of metrics that are recorded automatically by many an extra hop. Thousand. Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's, uh, I think, so using just the base platform without any sort of extra add ons, you're getting auto device discovery. It's seeing all of the different devices that are talking on your network. It's able to identify what protocols those devices are using. Um, and not just a, like, TCP port 80 is HTTP. Again, because they're able to parse all the way to L7, you're actually getting HTTP is HTTP, or this is MySQL, or this is Postgres, whatever. Yeah. If, or, you, if you run something else over port 80, it won't just call it HTTP. Right, it'll, right. it'll figure out it's what it is. It's not just port-based analysis, which is actually a really, really important point. Uh, one of the things that I've found interesting is going to some of the user groups and trade shows, and uh, there are a fair number of I'll call them, for lack of a better term, non-believers, right? And it's not that they don't think what we're saying we do is valuable. There's, they don't think what we're saying we do is possible. It's, it's <laughs> that they hear what we're doing and like, well, there's no way you can know about my application because all you see is the network traffic. You don't know what my application is doing. I'm like, well, I know that at timestamp X, I handed off a packet from the wire to the server, and it took until timestamp Y to send a response to that packet. I know that your server was processing things for this many milliseconds, and all of these sorts of things, right? And to that end, it's not just the port, right? We, we aren't mm -hmm. just watching an IP and port combo and saying, oh, well, it's 80, so it must be HTTP. We're actually doing some analysis there, which yeah. is it's yeah. important. So, I mean, even looking and seeing it's port 80, that, that is wire data. Sure. It's just not to the extent that our platform yep. takes Which is important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think uh, getting beyond just the metrics that we show as well, part of what ExtraHop does better than any other wire data solution. Um, so we have the concept of like, looking at a single transaction, so a request and response. Well, that's fairly trivial to do with something like Wireshark. Sure, you can record, uh, I wanna know from this source IP to this destination right. IP. Okay, easy. What ExtraHop can do is do that across an entire flow of an application. So you have your client talking to a server, which actually talks to a backend app server which talks to a backend database, there's storage somewhere in there, you have your firewalls, you have your load balancers probably. Xdrop is able to monitor all of those transactions, right? And all simultaneously. And correlate them. And correlate them. Yeah. So you actually get this more complete, more holistic view of not just a single transaction, but I think the phrase we use is application delivery chain. Right. Mm -hmm. If there's a failure or slowdown at any step in that process, to your end user, it's just it's broken or it's slow. And they don't know or need yeah. to know whether, where it yeah. was. They just need it fixed. Right? Yeah. And so that's we can actually expose where in that chain you're having an issue. And to the, I love that explanation. And to that end, now take all of that information, all of that granularity around a single flow into the application delivery chain, the whole bit, and then we can do that for everything all at the same time. Everything on your network, all yeah. of the devices that mm -hmm. we're allowed to see via the configuration, it's all happening simultaneously, right? So it's, it's not just one yeah. device or one set of devices or one particular chain you have to configure, oh, for this app it goes from point A to point B to point C. No, 
it's that you give us information from ideally like the core routers, that kind of thing. And once we can see the whole network, we can analyze and describe it all to you in real time. So, I mean, it sounds like what it does, it takes something really complex, data, devices, and translates that for the non-network engineer, right? And simplifies it, I guess, with your dashboards mm -hmm. so that they actually see at a high level what's going on, not having to know or use Wireshark to go to that level. That's that that's of, yeah. one of the things it does. The yeah. other the other thing I'll point out is even for, even for a network engineer, it takes the volume of data that you'd be looking at that you normally wouldn't be able to comprehend and deal with. If you're seeing a billion transactions, that doesn't mean a whole lot to you as a network engineer to look through TCP dump for that. But if you have a platform that keeps metrics and, and stats on that, you can now mm -hmm. look at it and see, look, this URI got hit this many times. You know, this client IP was involved in, in this many. I mean, you can actually break it down into consumable pieces of data. So even as, even as a network engineer that would understand those packets, just being able to get the aggregations and that sort of thing that the platform maintains, it's, it's really useful, really powerful. And to access it rapidly, how long would it take yeah. you as a network engineer? Again, uh, some expert network engineer that truly understands all the data, you know, turn by turn the whole bit, how long would it take them to go through and analyze that chunk of data? Like yeah. Hours, days, maybe, in some and, cases. And that's assuming yeah. they have the data. Let's, right. We haven't even yep. touched on the idea that like, the, we're always listening. Like That's a massive, right. massive mm -hmm. point of importance here. So yeah. to your point, even if we were able to get somebody the data, it would take them forever to analyze it. But the reality is, you usually couldn't get somebody the data because very often what you want to know already happened, right? What you want to know is, hey, why did this thing slow down? Why did my user get disconnected? Why, you know, what's my traffic pattern going to change when I do whatever? So are you going to go out and then spin up TCP dumps in all of the places that you might need to log that data to then go dig through it in Wireshark mm -hmm. to, yeah, I mean, you have to then either be proactive or lose the chance to see that data, whereas with a platform like this, it's just always listening. You can decide, oh, hey, I wonder what happened yesterday, and go look, rather than having to have that there, you know? So when, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Um, so when Extra Hop is sitting on the network, is it typically always monitored by somebody, or is it just sending alerts to somebody if something, some event happens? I think it really depends on your use case, right? Mm -hmm. I think very often uh, when ExtraHop is deployed in an environment, there are people that are going to be checking into it often, probably multiple times a day. To yeah, see. I have I have seen data centers with ExtraHops installed in them, where on their knock wall they have a big screen with the ExtraHop UI up yeah. 24 hours a day, oh. and that is one of their screens oh. that they look at to tell, is it red or green? But, to your question, it also can do proactive alerting and those sorts of things. It can reach out and you know, send emails and raise alarms and that kind of stuff. When, if you set criteria and say, hey, if you know, threshold whatever is broken and all that kind of stuff, it can do more proactive reach out as well. And something to beyond just the knock in your data center. Um, something that I think we all find that's really enjoyable about our job is it's not just about monitoring, mm -hmm. but XDROP actually enables data exploration. Mm -hmm. So it's about finding the, uh, and this is, I mean, our most advanced customers are the ones who start getting into this, where it's not just putting out fires, it's actually starting to be a partner with your business and mm -hmm. as an IT group. Um, and it's being able to go and look at, so taking your web requests, for example, pulling out the amount of dollars that are flowing into your business by actually monitoring the transactions. I mean, when you hit buy on Amazon, for example, that's just a web request, right? It's, I mean, yes, there's a whole bunch of backend processes that are involved, but you can actually pull out, okay, here's how much money was received in this order, here's For the things that they bought, or, yeah. um, and we can do this across 
any of our protocols. I mean, this is part of why I think we brought you and Terry here is with HL7. Like we're pu pulling this sort of information out of the healthcare industry where you know how many admits, how many discharges, how many transfers. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, it's all just different types of requests and responses flowing over the wire. And with ExtraHop, you actually have the ability to easily get at the data and easily mine large and vast quantities of data yeah. and quickly uh, like revisit different ways of parsing that. So data. is the data can be stored or does it have to be always be real time or is uh, there historic data? Great question. So the data is stored by default and there's, you know, there's a certain amount of look back based on which platform you're on and how much storage it has and that kind yeah. of stuff. But to be fair to that, wired data doesn't necessarily require one or the other. It just means you're looking at the network traffic. Mm -hmm. There's some things sure. that show show the traffic and throw it away immediately. There's some That's things fair. that store packet data long term. There's yep. things like what we do where we get the packet data, extract intelligence out of it, store that, and throw away the packets themselves. There's a few different approaches that you, you know that you can take. Actually, I, I think that's a really like uh, just to reiterate on that point uh, about what we do with wired data. So we've talked about a lot of tools that generate packet captures, PCAPs. ExtraHop isn't doing that out of the gate. We have the ability to take packet captures, but part of what makes our platform so powerful is that we're doing everything in real time. We're parsing all of this traffic in real time. It's all just in memory. We analyze the data, pull it out, and then throw away the packets. It means that we don't have to sit on top of a giant NAS. We don't need terabytes of storage. It actually means, I mean, if you do the math on a 40 gigabit uh, pipe, what ends up being like 218 terabytes a day, of traffic, um, <laughs> we don't that's, use that much storage. Yeah, that yeah. that's hard to store yeah. and doesn't really scale uh, with the. I mean, it's, it's hard just to write that much to a disk. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, with how we do it, where so I mentioned we can take packet captures. Uh, we have this tool with precision packet capture where you know that you want to take packet capture specifically on one type of error. Well, we can actually. Do that. We can say, I want to know when we get a 500 error from this specific client on this specific server, and every time that event happens, take a packet capture. Right, log the data for me. Which, yeah, which is much better than doing it on Wireshark and you're randomly guessing when this might occur, right? Right, so, yeah. sure. It's event driven, yeah. right, which is huge. Yeah, and so then, I mean, you mentioned, do we store the data? Well, storing data means a couple different things, right? Uh, and we satisfy the best of all worlds, I think, in that manner. Was yeah, someone wants to challenge me on that? Nope. <laughs> no, you're right. It's <laughs> the best. So, <laughs> is this structured data or unstructured data that gets stored? Uh, great question. So uh, it's structured data okay. in that we have, I mean, you have specific fields. Like so JSON type? Uh, so the, actually the underlying data store is a proprietary data store okay. that uh, we've actually built because we operate at such high speeds. And because we have such large quantities of data to store, right? Yep. Exactly. That it's extremely but it's very structured. I can. It's yeah. very structured. Yeah. Um, and actually, there are videos online that explain what that structure looks like. If you guys want to go find them on YouTube, so. All right, we're running out of time here. Let's wrap this up. Who, uh, anybody last words on wired data? We've talked a lot about the ExtraHop platform. I think it's very obvious that a lot of us are fans of that. Not shockingly, um, wired data as an actual data source as a whole. Final words. Well, to be fair on all the other sources we've talked mm -hmm. about the negatives. Yeah. 
Let's do it. Give a few minutes on the next. Sure. Bring it. What you got? Um, well, I got one. I got. I mean, go right off the bat. If it doesn't hit the wire. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I think it's easy to forget that. But if it doesn't leave the device, yep, absolutely. you are probably not seeing it, except if you're doing something like a packet forwarder. Meaning, meaning if there's some kind of failure on device or in the stack or all, all that kind of stuff, you won't actually see it. Right. Yep. Easy to forget. Yeah. So, so there could be an error that happens that a user experiences that you would never actually see, right? The other sources are our friends. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. absolutely. We play well with others. Right. What was yours? Yeah, this is an area where synthetic, <coughs> where synthetic is better than wired data. If you have a quiet application that's just not talking yeah. because it's not getting traffic, mm -hmm. yeah. it could be down, but you don't know it because nothing's exercising it. Right. Well, Whereas a synthetic transaction is constantly trying to get to that thing, and if it stops responding, you know about it rather than just saying, we'll know about it once traffic tries to get to it. Yeah, well, well, there is a flip side to that. Which is, Synth you're testing synthetic just to see if there's a response, but you're not capturing the code. Sure. The old, like, yeah, it's up, it's responding, Yeah. but it's throwing 500s. Yeah. <laughs> and I never knew about it until the customer called. Wire will catch that, yeah. whereas synthetic yeah. won't. Yeah. won't but well, but I, I like sure. that comment, though. Like One of the big pros about wire data is that it relies on the existing traffic. One of the cons of wire data is that it relies on the existing traffic, <laughs> yep, right? right like, yep. It really depends on your environment. In in most environments, I think that it's very much a pro. But yeah, I've, we've I think all seen cases where it can be a little bit rough. That server gets you know locked in a closet somewhere and forgotten about, and it's truly gone as far as wire data is concerned. Yeah, I, I think uh, another uh, weakness would be, and I think we've touched on this is unless you are planning and architecting around leveraging wired data, it can be difficult to get. So if you have a spanning architecture or if you have an ag layer, um, it's easy to find a tap or a span or something to collect all of those bits and bytes. Mm -hmm. If you're having to take packet captures on one of a thousand servers and it's not guess so easy. Yeah. that yeah. wired data doesn't really become that useful for you. Yeah, that also gets into north-south versus east-west traffic. Mm -hmm. um, if you're only capturing like at the core switch, if there's something that isn't making it to the core, you're not gonna see it. So you really need to make sure that you're getting those feeds from all the places that you wanna do analysis. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then I, I think, I mean, if we get into the other sources of data, we're not capturing CPU, we're not capturing memory, mm -hmm. we're not actually taking any sort of stack trace. I mean. Those are the domains yeah. of other monitoring. We can see some of the implications of that, like the application will begin to respond slowly, right. but we're not actually measuring how tapped is the CPU or well, how much yeah. memory do you have left. Things like thing. we can very often, and the way we've seen this displayed in a few things we've done already, but we can very often point you to like the location, like the region of the problem. We know that sure. this server is exhibiting some sort of issue. Yeah. We don't know why. Like mm -hmm. we, we know it's slow. Yeah. We don't know if it's got... To, if it's overloaded, if it's got bad disks, if it's got but we like, can tell you look at that thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But well, there's value there. But I think it can be a shortcoming to Chris's point. Sure. Like if what you need is a rapid analysis of tell me exactly what needs fixed. Like, yeah, this is where the other sources combine and complement nicely. Absolutely. With, with wire yeah. 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 Agent yeah. plus wire is tremendous. It's massive. Powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. know where to drop your agent, and yeah. you just good to go. Or at least know which agents to go look at. Right. Like if agents are already yeah. there. Right. Like. Don't have to go try and sift through a million pages of agent data, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Okay, so that's some pros, some cons. Uh, we're going to wrap this up as always. Quick rating. Uh, how would people rate wire versus other sources? Is there 
anyone debating that it's not number one? Well, let's find out. Let's What's find the out. scale? Is this like a Conan it's scale? Just, no, it's like Conan scale. Blue for two. Hot, hot. I'm sorry, I didn't think. Um, so previously we've gone through as we did each one of these uh, episodes and talked about the sources that we've covered so far, synthetic, et cetera, et cetera, and kind of stack ranked them, right? Like, which mm-hmm. which is your favorite? Where would the one we're currently talking about fit in that spectrum? I think Chris is kind of chuckling because I imagine most of us are going to be big fans of Wired Data since we work for a Wired Data company. But I would love to hear uh, maybe not just your ranking, but a little bit, you know, two lines of why, what your insight is there. Yeah. Um, so I'll start, I guess. Yep. Um, I think next to me, so congratulations. Yeah, so. perfect. Um, <laughs> Last week there was actually some divide over two and three, or yeah. the top choice between agent and machine data. Mm-hmm. I think with the addition of wire data, it actually changes my ranking. Oh, so last week I had ranked it synthetic as last, and then agent and machine. But machine with, being on top. Machine being on top. With wire <coughs> data, I, I think no shit it exactly. It's agents become much, much more useful. Yeah. Uh, you can be more targeted with them, and I think they complement each other in a way that people are just starting to figure out how powerful it can be. Yeah. So that's my ordering uh, from last to first is uh, synthetic, machine, agent, wire. Sweet. Yeah, I, I mean, i, I got to agree with that. I mean, the agent, I've, I've, I'm going to put wire at the top, agent next, uh, and then Somewhere down there, probably machine and synthetic. Okay. But uh, the I put agents second because agents are so blind. They're they're going to give you information deep about one area, but mm-hmm. they just don't see anything else. And if you try to build a cluster of agent communication, as we've seen some people try to do, it's just terrible. It's messy. It's really really messy. So I mean, you, you wire. If I, if I only had wire and you told me it's that server, I can probably figure it out. Right. If you also give me agents, I can figure it out for you very fast. And without question. So, yeah, so you're just reducing the mean time to resolution. I can do it with wire. Yeah. But, uh, and then... Once you find the... Once you pinpoint the location, you can probably jump on the box and yeah. use other means yourself to figure it out, right? Or right. just uh, shut down dash R. The, yeah, that's always a good solution. Yeah. <laughs> Reboot. I have to go the same. I mean, there's not much argument. I think the complementary between wire and agent data is very nice, and I think there's slight overlap, so mm-hmm. you don't have the gaps that mm-hmm. you have with others. Like uh, with the applic- the agent, you can see it going out and you see it come back in, but you don't know what's happening on the other side. And on the wire, you can see both sides and you know you're talking there. So it, there is a little bit of overlap, and I think that complements it extremely. They inform extremely. each other about the part that they miss. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that overlap is really, really nice, where mm-hmm. I don't think you have the same with some of the other sources. Actually, I will say something, too, on the overlap. Uh, sometimes people ask this, like, well, can't I see that with mining my logs or using my agents? Hell yes, you can, and that's a good thing. It's a good thing to have sources of data that complement and confirm each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, more data isn't a bad thing. Ever. Yeah. yeah, without, without the, the overlap, you you have gaps, right? Yeah. And it's like so and uncertainties. Yeah, yeah. So it, although I mean, very... agents scare me too at the end of the day because they can be compromised when you start sure. talking about something in your bytecode. I can't completely trust an agent, you know. But, but that's I, why you get the confirmation from the wire, right? right? So you have something to fall back on a little bit. Say it is reaffirming, or it's pointing me in this direction, right? So I can right. have a little bit more confidence in what I'm getting from that other source. If you're a detective, you want multiple things pointing at the problem. Exactly. Right? 
Sweet. And some of you folks are relatively new here. Do you care to chime in at all? No. No? <laughs> no. All right, moving on. Terry. Yeah, I'll just echo what they said. I mean, similar idea, similar okay. ranking. I'll add one thing, and no one has said otherwise about this, but uh, even though we work for a wire data company, I don't think anybody here would say that you can live in a vacuum with just with just one of these sources, oh, whether it be wire data or something else. We've said that a couple of times on the other ones, but I think it's really important to reiterate here because we, we can come off in this session, I think, as you know, fanboys, because we, we are, we love this stuff, I think. I know I do, most of us do. But that's a very valid point. I don't think anybody here is ever a proponent of one source and one source only. And, you know, we talk about wire data being the truth, which I think is a great saying, and actually I believe, but I also think, like these guys are saying, having other sources that inform each other and confirm things and allow that overlap and allow the validation of information that you've seen, it's hugely important and valuable. Okay. You know, the, the last thing I'll add here is there, that for me, it's just a realization that there's a, just a vast amount of untapped data, right? I mean, all of these organizations are going and they're you know hiring consultants and doing all this kind of running around internally to, to get data, to make decisions, to mm -hmm. do, you know, make business decisions. And it's, just, it's all right there. Right? Yep. That's the most amazing part of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for me, the rankings going to be similar. I think I was one of the controversial ones last time. I still, to me, I, as because my way my brain works is uh, how I would rank them as far as investment. If I'm going to try and you know spend time or money on these things, I still rank machine data as the lowest, not because I think it's the least important, but because I think it's the one that kind of happens on its own, because it happens by default, and I don't have to invest much to get what I need out of it. So I would just put wire at the top, followed by agent, and then on the way down from there. But I really deeply agree with both Brent and uh, Nojan, Steve, were saying the same kind of thing, where it's the whole, uh, wire data is fantastic and powerful, but it's really, really important to have multiple sources for a lot of different things. All right, that's it. We are done with uh, this session. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and uh, look to see this whole thing wrapped up here in the near future, and we'll get it out there. And uh, thanks so much for listening. This one is the last idea. 15 minutes. I will be amazed. We yes, do try this. to keep profanity out of these, but we right don't now. always succeed. <laughs> Act like we're new here, which yeah. might yeah. work. That's easy to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't can edit it and post oh, it. Yeah. I hate you all. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any? He can make you swear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will make you swear.